Hi everyone, I'm Jonathan Siboni, founder and CEO of Luxury Insight, the leading data intelligence platform for luxury brands. Every two weeks, Gottfried Dini, global editor-in-chief, and Olivier Guyot, editor-in-chief friends of Fashion Network, interview the people who shape the industry of luxury, fashion, and beauty. Our guests share their personal journey and opinion on the current state of the market and what to expect for the future. You can find all episodes on luxuryinsight.com, social media, and wherever you want to listen to our podcasts. We hope you're going to enjoy this episode. Good day, everyone. In today's podcast, we have the good fortune to be speaking with Simon Gibertoni, who is uh, an acknowledged uh, expert in wellness and personal excellence. He's had an extremely good career uh, working in the beauty and the anti-aging industry. And he is the CEO of Clinic La Prairie, perhaps the all-time pioneer of anti-aging cellular therapy. So it's our good chance and good fortune to speak with him today. Good day, Simone. Thank you, Godfrey. Good day to you. How are you today? Very good. Uh, happy to be in Paris and happy to see you. Where are you in now Montreux. exactly? In Montreux. In Montreux. In Montreux, of course. Lake of uh, Geneva, which, as you know, is called uh, Lehman Lake. Yeah. So we are not far from Geneva and not far from Lausanne. Which was where the original um, creator of La Prairie began, isn't that correct? That's exactly true. It's over 90 years now. And uh, there, there was this uh, doctor, Nians, who founded the clinic in 1931. Yes. And with this idea of a very innovative guy, with this idea of not, uh, not only curing sick people, but also helping people to feel better in a sense, which at that time, as you can imagine, was a very innovative concept. And uh, yes, and, and everything started at that time. And, you know, this, uh, this Dr. Nian started this very innovative cellular therapy. And uh, around the 50s, we start to get all the famous stars coming here. The Pope came here. And uh, this is uh, basically created uh, the fame of Clinique La Prairie, which we are still carrying carry on, hopefully, until today. Very good. Now, you're in Montreux today, but you came from Modena in Italy, the uh, home of Ferrari. Tell us about your steps in your career. How did you get into... Um, uh, tell me, where did you go to university? How did you get into this industry? Yes, I, I studied... Listen, I studied the Godfrey. I studied economy in, uh, in, in Modena. And uh, I immediately went, uh, just the day after my graduation, I went to Milano. I started in banking, but then I always wanted to do the consulting. I, know I had this idea of, uh, this uh, probably romantic idea of the consulting business. So I went to do consulting in Anderson for a few years. Then I went to another small consulting company. And then I went, I get into the, uh, the cosmetic business. Uh, I met uh, I met a company which uh, really was fascinated uh, a family company, but who then became the biggest uh, producer of cosmetic in the world in terms of uh, manufacturing. With a very big big, big innovation, uh, a very kind of drive for uh, uh, marketing and uh, and really innovation. Um, hundreds of people in the lab. Uh, uh, and uh, and from there I, I came to Clinique La Prairie, which, which is a company where has the same drive, which has, which has the same drive for innovation. Like uh, I think this probably is the 
the marking point of my career, this idea of uh, trying always to get uh, the latest innovation. And, and this is what we did also in the clinic in the last uh, five or six years. Uh, now, I can see why um, uh, many of the products of La Prairie, which I've tied, make your physical appearance substantially better and make you feel better about yourself. But how does that uh, directly affect longevity? Yes, sure. So, first of all, let's clarify. There, are, there is uh, uh, Clinique La Prairie founded the La Prairie Cream, uh, this over 30 years ago. Then we sold the, the, the cream part. Uh, now we are focusing on uh, clinics. Mm. And we are focusing on this uh, industry, which now is booming, uh, Godfrey, which is the longevity industry. Yes. Uh, longevity, what is longevity? Longevity is a way to help people living a longer, healthier, and better life, in a sense. This is our mission, by the way. And... Uh, uh, how do, we, how do we help our clients? It's, we are helping them in a lot of different ways. Uh, first of all, what we do here in Montreux is, we call it program. So our weekly program, people are coming to us for one week, which we really believe is a transformative week. And in this week, we tell to our clients and we give to our clients the latest technology in terms of longevity in what we call the four pillars, which are very important for us. It's a kind of an holistic approach, which are these four pillars. There is the first one, which is the medical, super important for us. We have over 50 doctors here in, in Montreux. And the second pillar is nutrition, which, as you know, is very important for our longevity. Then maybe we are going to elaborate a bit about genetic, epigenetic, which is also a very important part of what we do. The third pillar is uh, movement, and the fourth pillar is well-being. Inside the well-being movement, you have the spa, uh, and you have all the technologies related to mental and physical well-being. So th there are many different elements to this. What for you, is, in terms of longevity, is the most important? But I would say I told you medical is first because, of course, a lot of our technologies are related to medical. Mm. And, you know, Godfrey, today, the, when you talk about longevity, there is a very important part which is related to diagnostic. So in the past, there was this idea of prevention, mm. diagnostic, and treatment. Today, I would say diagnostic is coming first. We are able, with a lot of technologies, uh, um, to understand much in advance uh, what could happen to you, and for example, genetic is one of these, but not only genetic, artificial intelligence in imaging, for example, is another example. So diagnostic, which is part of the medical, is very important for us. So if you, if you tell me choose one, for sure it's going to be the medical part, but for us it's very important this idea of having the four pillars together. We are now building clinics outside Switzerland, and you know, we have one requirement for our for our partner, which is this idea of physically building these four pillars in our new clinic. Uh, if you look at our clinic that we are building in Saudi, it's an amazing project. It's probably the biggest project ever done in wellness. You have what we call the Longevity Plaza, and from the Longevity Plaza, you can go in the four pillars. You can go to do your medical treatment, you can go in the nutrition pillar, you can go in the well-being pillars, and you can go in the movement pillar. This is why, because we want our clients to have in, the, in their mind this idea that, uh, I'm sorry to say, but we will 
not invent the magic pill to make you live 20 years longer. <laughs> we are always to have a holistic approach to longevity and to well-being. So, so this is your famous longevity hub in the St. Regis, Marsa, Arabia Island, the Pearl. Is that right? No, this is another thing. Now, let That's me... That's another one. Okay. Yeah, another one. Let me tell you what we are doing so we clarify also for okay. the listeners. What is this ecosystem that we are building? You know, uh, uh, when I stepped in six years ago, my point was how can we really help our client? What I was telling you, how can we really help our client living longer, healthier, and better life? So, One week is amazing. When you come here, one week is transformative. But the idea is, how can I follow up with my clients? So we decided to uh, create uh, um, four, we call it strategic vertical. Mm. The first one is the physical places. So we want from here to 2040 to build 10 health resorts like Montreux. We have two which are on the way to open. One in China, which is amazing, and two hours from Shanghai. 29 villas and a bigger building where we have our four pillars. Another one is in Saudi. It's going to be open in a little bit less than two years. And these are what we call health resort. Then we said we want to follow our clients when they are back home. And the majority of our clients, we have clients here from 80 countries. But if we are in the top 40 cities in the world, we are able to, to be with 80% of our clients. Mm. So we decided to create this longevity hub by Clinic Library. The longevity hub and the one in Doha that you were mentioning is one of them. We just opened three months ago. Amazing, amazing place. It's a day center in the center of the city. We have another one in Madrid, in the center of Madrid, another one in Bangkok. We are opening three this year in Taipei, Dubai. It's a way for our clients to go every day and to get every day our philosophy inside this city center. So it's a kind of complement uh, to what you get here in Montreux and, uh, and what you will get in the new health resort. That's the first point, the physical place. The second point, maybe we're going to discuss it later, for us was the product. How can we give our technology to our clients? No? So we created this line of uh, supplement, which is called Holistic Health. You probably yes. see online, which was a kind of a quite innovative uh, project. It took us five years to develop. It's the first time that there are supplements which are positioned in the luxury space because we just give a brief to our lab. We want just the best. And, uh, you know, the best ingredients, uh, all made in Switzerland, all patented ingredients. Uh, we have tests on telomere. So we have created this space. We have really created a kind of new space in the longevity supplement. And I call it longevity supplement. I registered this name. Oh. No, usually you call it food supplement, which I didn't like at all. <laughs> I said, let's call, let's call holistic as longevity supplement. So this is the second, let's say, the second strategic vertical, the products. And this holistic health is just one because then we have the product that you get when you come to Montreux, which are specifically developed for you. Then there is the digital part, which is connecting our client. And the fourth strategic vertical, very important for us, we can discuss it later if you like, is the innovation. You know, there is something specific which is related to your first question. You ask me, what are you really doing to help your clients? And in fact, despite here you have a beautiful room, you have a beautiful view on the lake, people are only coming back if they get results. So innovation for us and the investment in innovation for us is a way to really scout the best technology, make collaboration, 
sometimes buying company, getting shares of very innovative company to deliver this innovation to our clients. Okay. Um, you said you would you hope to build a network of 40 centers to reach 80% of your, how far are you uh, along to achieving that goal? Yeah, listen, we started, we started just during COVID. So we opened the first one and one month after we got two years of COVID. So we were a little bit unlucky, but uh, uh, we decided to continue this development even during COVID. And as I was telling you, we have three which are already open. And the third one, which is DOA, is probably the most complete model uh, that we have. We have three in the opening this year. Yeah. And our plan is to roll out three longevity hubs every year. And again, majority of them are going to be in top cities. And we keep some also some other, let's say, iconic location where we want to be. Uh, but the majority of these longevity hubs are going to be in the cities. Okay. This is a, a privately held company, and these are all private clients. Is that correct? Is there any, uh, by definition, because it's a luxury product, no? Yes, exactly. All private clients. Um, I would say also unique clients. Um, we have uh, probably the, the highest average spending here in Switzerland in the, let's call it, in this, in, in this industry. And, and here in Montreux, we have clients try to imagine only 34 rooms, 300 people of staff, 50 doctors serving less than 50 clients. And out of these 2,000 clients that we get every year, they are coming from 80 different countries in other okay. So we have clients from all around the world which are coming to Montreux. Okay. Do, do, do you say, would it be fair to say this is part of what's sometimes called the luxury wellness tourism market? Yes, exactly. That's yeah. that's exactly the right name. In fact, there is a distinction which is important. A lot of people are mixing it. There is the medical tourism, which is very different from the wellness tourism. Because okay. medical tourism, when you are sick, yeah. I need to have a knee replacement. Where do I go? I can go to Chicago, I can go to London, but I have a problem and I need to be cured in an hospital. This yeah. is the medical tourism. What you are mentioning which is the wellness tourism, in our case, luxury wellness tourism, is different because we are talking about healthy people who just want to feel better. Okay. So they're okay. finding center which has this focus on preventive medicine, this focus on longevity medicine. Okay. Longevity medicine, preventive medicine, functional medicine, is very different from our traditional medicine because it's not focused on sick, sick people, is not focused on, on treating disease, but is focused on making you feel better. Okay. The, um, the prediction is that the global uh, wellness market is something like uh, $1.5 trillion uh, um, with high single-digit growth predicted for the next foreseeable future. Why do you think it's such a boom market? Yes, yes, and if you look, uh, if you look at the la uh, the, uh, the, the last st statistic, uh, you know it's there. The, there are statistics which are saying that you know it's growing 14, 15 percent per year. There are not right. you know a lot of industry which can show this kind of growth, and no. a lot of has been driven, uh, of course, by the COVID, which of course has not brought anything positive. But now a lot of people understand the importance of uh, prevention. The importance of being strong, you know, and the importance of uh, having a, a very good lifestyle, which is also what genetics and epigenetics are telling us. You know, this idea 
15 years ago, we were thinking the genetic, which is what you are, is 80% of the result that you get. So there is not too much to do. Now we know that it's the contrary. Epigenetic, which is the expression of your gene, which is related to lifestyle, is 80% of what we are. So there is a lot that we can do to stay better and feel better. And, and again, living a better life. So, in, in terms of lifestyle, in terms in of terms of lifestyle, exactly, in terms of life. So in terms of nutrition, in terms of movement, in terms of the therapies that we can get. So after COVID, the industry has, of course, grown a lot. And there is this idea of, uh, for the people to put this uh, uh, preventive medicine uh, on top of uh, their priorities. By the way, already five or six years ago, if you look at the report about uh, wealthy people, uh, until five or six years ago, the priority of uh, ultra natural individual was, I want to preserve my wealth. That's most important thing. So today, <laughs> look at the statistic, it's not pre- preserve the wealth, it's preserve my health, of course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, health is fantastic. When you have it, you don't think about this, but when you don't have it, it's the only thing that is important for you. So we can really say that health, no, health is wealth, in a sense. Well, as someone who had to run back to school to pick up his son because he was sick today and take him home, I know exactly what you mean today. Oh my God. Uh, but he, he's fine now. It was just a bug. But now, do you separate uh, the luxury longevity industry from the luxury spa service? Luxury Are those two different things or are they part of the same world? I would say uh, are different uh, in the sense that, you know, there has always been this distinction between the spa and the medical spa. Yeah. Okay, so the spa was leisure. I do a good massage. It's part of this well-being pillar that I was telling you. Mm. Then we got the medical spa. And a lot of medical spa, unfortunately, were like spa where there was maybe one general practitioner uh, that was coming uh, two half a days per week or was doing some... Uh, uh, very high-level treatment to the to the guest. <clears throat> Longevity is, from our point of view, is the model of uh, Clinique Labris, much more than this, uh, is this idea of this, uh, as I was telling you, this four pillar, where the medical part must be very important. Because it's, again, today, we have done in the last 10 years so many advancements in terms of diagnostic, in terms of treatment, that if you want to work in longevity in a serious way, you need to have all this technology mm-hmm. to offer to your guests. Okay. You, uh, I, I imagine this is very hard to calculate, but uh, have you any figures to show how the life expectancy of your clients has increased in terms of longevity compared to before they became to see you? Yeah. Let's say, first of all, what I have to tell you, unfortunately, is that uh, we, have, we are talking about longevity a lot now, but uh, if you take United States, for example, uh, lifespan is decreasing, yes. not increasing, right. as you know. UK is uh, the same. So, uh, you know, if you take Europe, uh, over 50% of the people over 60 years old, they have one chronic disease. So, unfortunately, despite we're talking a lot about these uh, new technologies, unfortunately, as a society, we are not going in the right direction. Coming back to what we do with our clients, I cannot provide to you statistics. Why? Not because uh, we are not doing and We come back to what we do in terms of testing, which is a lot. 
But you know, that's the problem of longevity. Even when you put a new product in the market, is how do you measure if it's working or not? It's very complicated. It's going to take a lot of years because you have to evaluate the lifespan and the health span of the people using it. So it's very complicated to put down number, very precise number to this. What we try to do is, of course, to give a lot of importance of this testing part. Genetic, epigenetic, blood marker, which are telling us and telling especially our guests if they are going in the right direction in terms of, of their therapies and lifestyle. And uh, which is another very important point of longevity medicine, customize the therapies on them. This idea of testing at the beginning of a stay, at the beginning of a program is all the, based on this idea of personalized then the treatment to them. Each of us is different. We cannot give to everybody the same treatment. We can, uh, we, I can give you some example if you like, but is this idea of hyper-personalization, which by the way, I mean, you did so many podcasts on luxury, no? It's also in the traditional lux luxury market is so important. It's also very important in the longevity mar market for different reasons, which are related to the treatment, But this is, if I have to tell you, this is the future of our business. It's the hyper-personalization of the treatment. Okay. Not to digress from today's subject, but why do you think it is on a macro level that we're seeing this amazing, remarkable phenomena that longevity is actually going down in two of the richest countries, uh, United going States down. and Britain? Yeah, I mean... It's yeah, it, yeah, sure. It's related to... Uh, I mean, we know clearly why. The yeah. majority of the time is related to nutrition and is related to movement. People are not moving and people are eating very bad. So this is, uh, this is decreasing the, the lifespan uh, on top, of, of course, of other uh, reasons which are related to stress, uh, etc. But the main reason is, uh, as you know, this uh, type 2 diabetes is growing. Uh, uh, all these diseases related to, uh, to the food that we eat and to the fact that we don't move anymore are, are driving our society to this direction. By the way, Godfrey, if we talk about movement, you know now there are a lot of new drugs under yeah. development for longevity, but will be very difficult to find something which is working better than 45 minutes of exercise every day. Which, by the way, doesn't cost anything. <laughs> Now, you've written a number of books, um, The Path to Personal Excellence and The High Performance Company Manifesto. Tell me about the first one, The Path to Personal Excellence. Yeah, listen, the motivation is that I was... Uh, I was going to have two uh, uh, beautiful twins, and uh, and I said I need to find the time to write down uh, what I learned in the last uh, 35 years at that time. So I put down 40 40 ideas, uh, hopefully for them. And of course, this uh, there are some people who like to read it and get some inspiration, and. Uh, And, uh, and it was the, I have to tell you, it was quite the same motivation for the High Performance Company Manifesto. I was used to send to my management team uh, every month uh, an email talking about marketing, talking about strategy, talking about different subjects, HR, etc. And at a certain point, I decided to put everything together. And, uh, you know, High Performance Company Manifesto, it's a lot about... Uh, the passion of doing business and the passion of doing something which is of value for, uh, 
for the employee and for the customer and really putting value at the center at the end. You, um, we live in an era where um, data is considered essential for uh, in order to make intelligent executive decisions. How do you use data in your uh, in the company you're running now? Yeah. Listen, I come from consulting, so as you can imagine, data remain for me uh, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, I am myself very intuitive and more, if you want, entrepreneurial in my approach. So that's why I always tend to have uh, with me somebody which is more uh, structured and, uh, and, if you want, data-driven. Uh, when I came here, I took uh, uh, somebody from Bain to help me immediately, to help me to structure all this data and to define the... Uh, the strategy and the industrial plan of the company. So for me, it remain a very important part, and I use I use it to balance my intuition, if you want. So I always start from my intuition, and I try to balance it with the data coming from the market, knowing that Godfrey, uh, in our business, you know, when we talk about longevity hub, there are no comparables. We start to have some comparables today. Uh, but there are no comparables that I can use to say, I would like to be like them, because there is no them. Uh, we have been the first to do this uh, type of model, and it's happened a little bit the same for holistic health, for our supplement. We were the first to decide to go with the supplement in two department stores. Now we are launching in Arrows in, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So also in this case, there are not a lot of comparables. It is an industry that we are building so beside the data, you need to have a little bit of dream, <laughs> now desire to dream and to make dream reality. Okay. You, you uh, sit on the board of a number of other companies or, or the advisory board. Tell me a bit about them, Valmont Group, for instance. What do you do yeah. there? Yeah, Valmont is a very interesting uh, company, skincare company, uh, family-driven uh, very interesting, very uh, innovative in terms of strategy, very few compromises on, on the quality of, uh, uh, of uh, their products. And uh, I'm honored to be with them since uh, four or five years. Uh, they had an exceptional growth in the last years. And it's, uh, it's a way for me to stay also near to my old industry, which was cosmetic. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm also in the board of a manufacturing company. And uh, and this is uh, this is uh, this is uh, you know cosmetic remain. Uh, I know that you got a lot of uh, you you had a lot of podcasts uh, in this beauty industry. Mm. Remain a beautiful industry, uh, and it's still very inspiring to have an eye on what's happening in the in the in the beauty in the beauty industry. You spent a lot of time in Asia and in China. I understand. How do you see? your industry or the appreciation of your industry differing in China than in Europe and in America? What are they? Yeah, that's a very good question because uh, now if we we come back to the industry of longevity, you know, I was used to say that there are in fact six categories. When you think about the program, Mm. a philosophy of longevity, there are in fact like kind of six categories of people uh, that wants different kind of uh, uh, of uh, of uh, offering. Uh, 
And these six categories are, are based on the United States, Europe, and Asia, and the age. I would say below 45 and above 45. So if you take, for example, a young Chinese has a very different need from a 65 years old Chinese. And of course, a 65 years old Chinese has very different need from a young lady from California. No? What we are seeing in the last five years is that all these different groups are approaching a lot in terms of need because they are understanding much more the philosophy of longevity, so there are less differences. But of course, there are some differences which, which are staying there. What I can tell you about Asia is that we have this big project in China now, which is going to open next year, uh, Clinique La Prairie Health Resort in Anji, two hours from Shanghai. And China was, before COVID, the first market of Clinique La Prairie in Switzerland. So we feel that there is a lot of uh, desire for Chinese people to understand our way of doing uh, longevity. By the way, if you look at statistics in China, a lot of uh, uh, ultra-network individuals and high-network individuals in China, they feel that their health is not taken care properly uh, by institution, not only in their country, but even outside. So there is a lot of space uh, to offer our services there. Uh, but I see a lot of development in, uh, in Asia, and I see that they are really now understanding more and more this holistic approach. While probably a few years ago, they were more focused on kind of uh, um, fast solution. Now they're really getting into this idea of holistic, holistic health that we are promoting at CLP. Um, to my surprise the other day, uh, I discovered in Wikipedia that Ireland in the last couple of years where I am from had passed uh, France, where I live, in terms of longevity by a, a couple of weeks, to, you know, which is not what I expected given the weather and the amount of alcohol that's consumed in Ireland, but it has. Yeah, all those pubs, you wouldn't expect it in the bad weather, but perhaps it's due to a lot of more movement in Ireland because people take a lot of exercise and walk a lot. But as you said before, is there an upper limit to longevity uh, in 50 or 100 years? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, yeah, that's a very good question because you're going to have a lot of people that are going to tell you that there is no limit. Yeah, yeah. I believe, on the contrary, that there are limits. Yeah. In fact, you know, it's very interesting to see that uh, lifespan, of course, as you know, in the last 100 years has increased a lot. But if you take out the eight major infectious diseases, it didn't change a lot. So, in fact, of course, we have invented some very important technology from the medical standpoint, but we have not been able to increase so much lifespan if, you, again, you exclude this major disease. So I think there is a lot that we can do, especially, especially, Godfrey, to improve what is called health span, which is how longer you live healthy. Not only how longer you live, because today the majority of the people are living longer sick. So the question is to increase this last part of our life when we can live healthy. And this, I think, is going to be the first achievement that we're going to get. And then, of course, hopefully we're going to also increase even more the lifespan. But yes, there is a limit for me. Okay. Um, 
in these podcasts, uh, we have quite a lot of young people uh, looking forward to getting their career in, in luxury and fashion and lifestyle and wellness. What would be your three bits of advice to someone uh, studying off now after college or in college to make a career like yourself or some, in that area? What, what three pieces of advice would you, would you give them? Uh, yes, uh, first uh, I need to draw, uh, let's say, some to, to my experience. Uh, up until 35 years old, I just was focusing on learning. So I want to go in, to make experiences where I think I can learn, which was uh, companies or people, which I think is even more important. So. Uh, I, I decided to move into cosmetic because I, I found a person that was very inspiring to me. Uh, I, I wanted myself to be an entrepreneur and I said I can learn a lot from this gentleman. And this is what has made me take this kind of decision. How much I can learn from this experience. And of course, on the contrary, I would suggest to leave a job if you feel that you are not learning anymore at least until 35 years old. Then, of course, it's important that you can express uh, what you have learned, in a sense, uh, and always keeping, in any case, learning and curiosity as a, as a, a, as a fil rouge of what you do. I, I had a very interesting interview about free last, like it was last month with uh, Peter Brabeck, which, as you know, was the, is, the, is, the, is the still uh, the honorary chairman of Nestlé, is the guy who built Nestlé as we as we know it today, and he told me exactly this. If I have to tell you one thing that is still keeping me so passionate is curiosity, mm -hmm. and I think curiosity is super important always, and and it's almost eighty, but it still keep this curiosity, and I think it's again it's it must be the first element in what we do. The second part is uh, continuous improvement. For me, super important. No, it's, it's, it's never about, or it's almost never about uh, breakthrough innovation or breakthrough improvement. It's always about every day asking ourselves what I can do better today. What is the small things that I can do better today for my clients, for my people, for my company? So this is also, I, I think, it's a, a kind of mindset that we should have. And uh, third point, uh, again, very important for me, uh, always remind that uh, we achieve uh, important uh, things uh, uh, only with other people and with the right people. So for me, I, I just posted this morning on LinkedIn a, a post. That we, we, we are just back from three days of company retreat in Chamonix. And just to state how, is, how important is for me my team, and what we are achieving together. And hopefully we are also a kind of example also, not only of uh, doing a good business in terms of result, but also doing it in a fair way, in a kind way, which I think is also important. But again, working with the right people. Uh, finally, the big, big buzzword of the last um, several months is AI, artificial intelligence. What's its role in your industry? And is it a threat that we have to regulate or avoid or can it take over? Listen, for me, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, personally, I'm also using it a lot. I think it's, uh, it's incredible. And I think we're going to see in the next, uh, in the next few months uh, a revolution from this point of view. Uh, 
I, I give a small example, you know, here in Montreux and in our, in our clinics, in, in reality, we have a reservation department, no? And uh, the answer that you can give uh, to a client uh, with the help of artificial intelligence, knowing the clients uh, and the information are, are incredible from this point of view in a very fast way, uh, I think is going to really change a lot uh, overall uh, in our industry, in the business in general. Where for sure is going to help us a lot is on in the longevity side. I was mentioning to you this idea of what already artificial intelligence is doing in imaging, for example. Why imaging is a good example? Because as you can guess, when you give to artificial intelligence millions, if not billions, of uh, radiology exam, for example, of course, you will not find a doctor which is able to have uh, this experience to compare millions of imaging like artificial intelligence is doing. And this is where today artificial intelligence is used most. Not only this, there are also other technologies in diagnostic, but I think there, from this point of view, in terms of diagnostic, artificial intelligence can help us a lot. Let's see what we can do on top of this in epigenetic, which I think is also a very promising uh, field for us. But in terms of medical, in terms of then of drugs development, I'm sure it's going to help us a lot. It's going to be another big, big, big revolution. Um, I, I was in um, Los Angeles recently at a Chanel show, and I met my my former lawyer, an American who now lives in California, and he regarded uh, artificial intelligence like Terminator because we he just typed into his uh, his iPhone a contract with such and such a thing, and you know he got a three page thing that you could print out more or less sign. Um, is it going to be a destruction of employment, artificial intelligence, and can it ever? Takeover. You know, I is uh, um, I believe first of all, you know, we are in uh, a lot of what we do is in in is still in hospitality, is still in one to one relationship with the client. Yeah. Yeah. So I think our industry is going to be from this point of view quite safe yeah. with all the advantages uh, in terms of, again of longevity that I was mentioning to you. Now the point is, uh, are we able to? free some of our time to give more importance to the clients and to give more value to the clients. Because, you know, it's, it's already true for us since uh, uh, many years. Clients are coming to Clinique La Paris because they want a one-to-one -one relationship with their doctor. Yeah. They want a one-to-one -one relationship with their coach. When you come here, you, have, you are not doing classes uh, you are not doing, you have always a one-to-one -one relationship with all our experts. And this is what is really our, our clients, what they want. By the way, I give another example. You know, we have clients which are already having the best doctors in New York. Uh, they are already going to the best doctors. They come here and for the first time, there is one doctor which is following them throughout the week which is coordinating all the other doctors and all the other specialists. And for the first time, they have somebody that is not looking at their disease, but is looking at them as person. Mm -hmm. in their no, wholeness. Mm -hmm. And we discover that sometimes doctors are giving conflicting drugs, conflicting medicine, conflicting therapies, because there is nobody that is looking at them as person. Mm -hmm. And this is, by the way, another foundation of the longevity medicine. 
We are not looking at the disease, we are looking at the person. So you see, we come back to the point, you need to have a relationship, you have to need to have a one-to-one relation with the client. You, you've spoken three or four or five times about movement, the importance of it in our life. What exercise, exercise do you take? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm taking, I'm a big fan of two things, if I can give a bit of advice to the listener. The first one is uh, transcendental meditation. I always promote it because it's been a life changer for me. And, you know, I'm used to say, Godfrey, it's, if there are a lot of studies about transcendental meditation, over 600 studies just from our Harvard. And, you know, if you look at the result, people would pay millions to get uh, the pills which is doing what transcendental meditation is doing. But very few people are finding twice a day 20 minutes to do it, which I think is quite amazing, no? But yes, for sure, one is transcendental meditation. In general, meditation, I, I think TM, which is transcendental meditation, is really very sophisticated technology because it's very well proven. And then I like very much yoga. So in the morning, I always 20 minutes of meditation and 20 minutes of yoga. And then in, 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 in the evening, I tend to make a little bit more active movement. Uh, yoga is very good for balance, which is very important to be good movement. And then, you, you know, you have also to have some cardio uh, exercise, uh, which you can do in many different ways. Uh, but again, 30, 45 minutes of movement per day, you will not find a lot of longevity <laughs> drugs that delivering what is delivering. If I may ask you, what age are you now? 50. I'm 50. just 50, yes. Well, you look in remarkably good health for a man of 50, if I may I say it. <laughs> uh, <okay>. Simon <laughs> Gibertoni, it's been a great pleasure talking to you and, and learning so much about your industry and, and the future of longevity. Thank you very much. So I wait you here to show you a little bit what we do at the clinic in more details. I, I, I'd be delighted. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Luxury Insight and Fashion Network podcast. If you like this episode, subscribe to our channel to discover more exclusive insights from leaders of the industry. You can find all our episodes on LuxuryInsight.com, social media, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.